What's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning into the J-Ham Special, where I love to talk about Magic the Gathering, Warhammer 40K, Dungeons and Dragons, and other aspects of my nerdy life. My name is John. I'll be the host for this episode of Financial Friday, where I delve a little bit into some ideas with finance. I know I, my Friday sessions always seem to be a little bit different out there, and, and it's not always going to be consistent like Magic Mondays or Warhammer Wednesdays, but... Um, the reason I'm doing this is I want to try and give you guys a little bit of the ability of having some financial peace or stability or tranquility or zen or whatever the heck you're looking for. I just overall want you guys to have some principles to go by to live a more financially healthy life. If you haven't had a chance to listen to my previous episode where I go into a little bit about my background, what got me into working in the financial world, and also just the three points themselves or the three principles themselves, please go back and check that out there. I kept it short and sweet so that way you guys kind of just got to grasp everything and you go and look at that. But these episodes, I'm going to go a little bit more in depth on each of the points themselves and kind of give you some pointers on what I mean, just rather than just an overview, but actually a more detailed view. And so the first point we're going to talk about today is building a budget for yourself. So you want to develop or plan or make a budget for yourself. So let's dive in and talk a little bit about it and how that's going to look for you. You might be wondering, okay, why is setting a budget point number one? Why do you have it set up here as your first principle that you go by? And in my opinion, knowing is half the battle. And the budget allows you to uncover and learn where you're falling short on things. Um, If you're having issues with the income, you're having issues with spending money too much in a certain area, that's where you can kind of go, quote unquote, trim the fat and get rid of some of that. You know, if you're spending way too much on entertainment costs, maybe spending too much on gas or spending too much to go out to eat there, that's where you can use this budget to kind of figure that out. Now, the cool thing is a lot of banks have it built into their apps and stuff nowadays where they break down, you know, what you're spending. Uh, The specific bank I worked for at one point here, might still be, I'm just gonna be a little bit vague about it, but they had a little budget thing where you can jump in there and see a wheel where it tells you, oh, you've spent this much on entertainment, you spent this much on gas, you spent this much on clothing, or this, or this, or this. It really helped a lot of people visualize and say, oh, this is where all my money is going. It gives you a nice little part pie chart for you where you can just see the rough numbers themselves. But a budget is huge. You know, whether or not you're using a third party app, you're using a bank app, or you're using, you know, pen and paper, or some other form of a balanced worksheet definitely go ahead and do that. Some guys like Dave Ramsey, they go by a zero balance uh, or zero dollar balance sheet. I forget what it's called. But essentially he's saying that every penny, every dollar that you have should be accounted for and you should have a purpose for it. And I do kind of agree with him on that. Um, There are some cases where, you know, life's going to hit you and there's going to be some variables. But when you have a defined like fixed amount and you know where things are going, it does get rid of some of that anxiety and some of that stress. It helps you stay accountable with yourself and you know, it just helps you overall track to see how well you're doing with the plan and see if you need to do any kind of tweaks to it. So that's why budget is number one on the principles. This is one you've got to lock down right from the beginning if you want to go there. And I know it can be hard and a lot of you guys might say, Hey, I don't like numbers. This is not my thing, but I'm going to tell you it's really helpful for you. So where you can budget first. Now, step one on making your budget, you're going to make yourself a little title at the very top. And this is probably the most important piece for the budget is because this is going to define whose budget it is. So in my case, I might put on there John's budget because I was a single dude at one point and I had to keep track of what John was spending. I had to make sure I had all my money accounted for and I knew where it was going. 
But this title could also be you and a significant other, like my spouse, John and Molly. Boom. John and Molly's budget. Now we've got ourselves our budget. We know it's joint. That defines who this is working for. And I've got to tell you from personal experience, especially if you are in a serious relationship or you're married or you're on that level where you guys are sharing finances together, transparency is the best policy. When you're keeping a lot of things in the dark, it makes it very easy to hide things from your your significant other and have some issues. And I can attest because I made a stupid decision with a college Perkins loan that was a fixed loan at the time and I used a credit card to pay it off because I got some bad advice and I was embarrassed by it. Um, I was embarrassed that I made a stupid mistake because as I started working a little bit longer and understanding kind of how all these things worked, I was like, why did that person tell me to do this? Because instead of paying like a, heck, I think it was a, I don't think I was paying interest on it at the time. I just had to make payments towards it. I wasn't paying any interest. And then I jumped it onto a credit card that had me in the double digits paying interest on it there. And so it ended up, it, bite, it bit me in the butt. And so I was just working on paying it off. And um, I didn't tell my wife. I tried to hide it for, for the longest time. And just unfortunately, that's where some of that, those credit card issues went through. But I know a lot of people that maybe are spending too much money behind their, you know, their significant other's backs. Um, I know there's a lot of people that are just making bad decisions. And sometimes you just, you got to, you got to swallow down your pride. And you got to just accept that, hey, somebody is here to help you. And you guys got to work together. Because I can tell you this much, when you are working together with somebody, where I see a lot of people succeed financially, um, <sighs> finances can make and break marriages a lot of times. They can make and break couples a lot of times. And a lot of times if you can work together and address the problems, especially on the budget and you stick to it and you guys are in agreement on it there, you're going to make your life so much better and so much easier. Um, because when you can work together, that's a lot of times double the amount of income that's coming in, paying off larger debt a whole lot easier. That's why a lot of times it's easier for a couple to pay off a mortgage rather than just a single person. I mean, Granted, there's different variables as far as like, what kind of job you do and how much you're traveling, what kind of size house you have, how much you spend on it, blah, blah, blah. All of that kind of goes into play. But when you get that established, you get that title on there, you know, okay, this budget is for who that's going to be huge. So like John and Molly family budget also would include my wife, myself, and then my kids in there too, and all of our expenses. So that's what you want to do is title is the first part because that's going to define who all is responsible for adhering to this budget? And if it's just you solo, great. This might be a little bit easier for you. If not, you may have to try and convey this stuff over to your significant other that you're jumping on with. So after that, down below, kind of in the top left-hand corner, here's what you're going to do. You're going to write down cash in or income. You can do a little line, equal sign, whatever you feel like doing. But this is the fun part where you say, this is the money I got coming in. Now, you might be a broke college student. You might be working a work-study job where maybe you're getting something in or working part-time. Um, or you might not get paid at all. Maybe you're couch surfing or you're in high school or something. Um, you know, it might be zero here and you're going to have some bad realizations of like, oh, I need some money to pay for the things that I actually want or I had to learn where the money's coming from. Um, but this is where anytime you're getting paid and money's coming in, this is where you put it at. That top left-hand corner, money in, income, whatever you want to call it, dollar-dollar bills, go ahead and do that if you want to, but this is going to be the green, this is going to be the plus that's coming into your account. Um, so if you're you know, maybe you're working a full-time job, maybe you're working a part-time job, maybe you're working a couple of jobs, maybe you're dog-sitting for somebody and getting paid or you're mowing lawns you know, for 
a few different neighbors, you know, once a week or something, you're getting paid from that too. Put all those things into it, and now you've got yourself a pretty solid start on I've got my money coming in. If you're getting assistance from like the government, be it like um, SSA or SSI or even, um, you know, unemployment or something along those lines, put the income there. Put what you're earning in and stick it there. Don't worry. This document's not being tracked by anybody. It is specifically for you to understand, okay, this is where my money is coming in at, and this is how much I have to play around with. So that's a big piece. The next big piece here, it is your essential or necessary bills. These are the costs and expenses that you need to account for. These are the first things that have to come out of your account, bar none. Everything else does not matter until you get these four walls or corners done. I've heard the principle said a lot of times, I've heard it called four walls, I've heard it called four corners, but essentially these are the necessary um, things you need to actually thrive and sustain yourself. It does help towards making sure that you are comfortable, both mentally, but more so physically. The first wall or first first corner that you have to focus on of your little house here uh, that you're building up is food. You have to nourish your body. You have to have um, some way of having food or drink in there. And you can categorize it down however you want, um, but just simply, how much are you spending on food? I know a lot of people like to say, okay, well, how much am I spending on groceries per month? And how much am I spending going out to eat per month? And that's really where the revelation comes at. Oh, I'm spending way too much here. You know, if you're somebody who eats out all the time, why would you go and drop $400 on groceries that you may never eat? Why would you buy a bunch of meat that you're not going to prepare yourself and do that? Instead, focus on, okay, I'm not going to buy a bunch of groceries. I'm just going to focus on eating out or vice versa. Maybe you're somebody who like hardly ever eats out or maybe you do, you splurge a little bit too much, but you buy a bunch of groceries because you have the intent that you're going to be making meals at home, or you spend too much money going directly to the store, you just do a bunch of impulse buys and like, ooh, do I really need this second pack of Little Debbie's? I'm hungry right now, so absolutely yes. And that's where I see a lot of people fall in the pitfalls there, but you wanna go through, food is important. If you're gonna eat it, it's gonna give you the nutrition that you need, uh, it's making sure that you're not starving and that you are not dehydrated, then yes. This is that first category. Make sure you're accounting for how much you're spending there. You can do some tweaking later down the road, but keep it general if you want to. The next corner that you're gonna focus on is shelter or your dwelling. This is everything as far as it's your mortgage, it's your rent. But here's the kicker. It's not just the mortgage, it's not just the rent. It's everything that goes into it. It's how much you're paying for rent, it's how much you're paying for insurance, it's how much you're paying for your mortgage payments or your escrow, it's for homeowner's insurance or private mortgage insurance, uh, but it also counts all of your utilities. So if you're having to pay for trash, or you're having to pay for somebody to take care of your lawn or whatever. Um, if you're an HOA, you have HOA fees you gotta pay uh, because that's not a waste of money. Then. Yes, you've got to put all of these things into your shelter or dwelling category here and make sure they're accounted for. Because if you're living up here in South Dakota like I am, you don't want you you don't want your heat to not work. You want to make sure that you're paying your heat bill so that way you're not freezing in the middle of winter. But if you're down in like, I don't know, Texas where you got triple digits, you're gonna to want to make sure your AC works. You know, if you're having to make prepare meals at home, you want to make sure your gas is working, your electric's working. You know, you, you figure out what it is you need to pay um, and you put that in the shelter or dwelling category. 
Uh, this is usually a lot of people's biggest category that you have to pay for because usually like your house, your mortgage is the biggest purchase you'll make in your life for the majority of you. Not everybody, but for a lot of you. So second point, second focus here on the four corners or the, or the second corner here is shelter or dwelling. Third wall or third corner that you got to focus on now is going to be clothing. Now, again, hearkening back to, okay, you got to look at what the environment is, what's going to shelter you from the elements that is out there. Um, you're going to have to find a way to keep yourself okay. Like if you're in the middle of winter, maybe you live in Alaska or whatever, and you've got to buy a lot more coats or heavier layers, then you might want to go and make sure you're spending your money on this. Now, clothing is where I see a lot of people have issues um, because some people use clothing as an out to find some enjoyment or, I don't know, use it as a way to kind of de-stress. Um, that's totally fine. You can if you want to. But what, when it comes to clothing, it is necessary clothing. What do you need that is necessary? Focus primarily on like, okay, how much do I need to spend in order to have work clothes? If you're someplace that has a business casual dress code, well, you better make sure that you have business casual clothes you can wear for work to make sure you still have that income, that plus, that green coming in. When I worked food service for like six years, I had to wear the company uniform shirt or polo that they had for the different places I worked at. And everywhere that I worked was food industry required me to wear non-slip shoes. Outside the coffee shop I worked for, they didn't they didn't care at that one. But um, but yes, non-slip shoes was something I had to go pick up. So I had to go to Walmart, found myself a nice twenty or thirty dollar pair of shoes that were non-slip, and then of course I bought some Dr. Scholl's because their support was awful. And um, yeah, I had that, and then I had to buy the shirt, and I had to buy some khakis because that was their dress code for it. So or khaki-like pants, and that was essential clothing. These are the things that you need. But also keep in mind that you need to have clothes that you can lounge around in your home. You know, you can go to bed in. Um, so sleepwear or loungewear. But make sure you have some casual wear that you can wear whenever you're going out. Maybe to the friends or maybe you're going to the store or whatever. Make sure you have that clothing. But don't overindulge. Do you need that 30th pair of Vans? Probably not. Do you need that fifth handbag? Or do you need that sixth necklace that you're never going to wear? Or you're, you might wear occasionally like once a year? Probably not. So be careful with how you plan the clothing out. Look for essentials. And then finally, the last corner, the last pillar, or last wall, or whatever you want to call it, transportation. Transportations get you here and there and everywhere. You know, I do not like green eggs and ham, Sam. No. But the whole point of transportation is that you've got to get to your workplace. Now, if you're somebody who lives at home and you work from home, thanks to the pandemic, you've got that opportunity where now you're just getting to be remote, then great. You may not have to worry too much about transportation like a lot of other people have to. You may not have to bike or drive to work. Um, but keep in mind that you're looking at transportation that's gonna fit within your budget and that is necessary for you. So if you're somebody that says, well, I need a car because there's no way I can hot foot it from my house to the other side of town, which is a 30 minute drive in itself, um, then keep that in mind. But you may be able to find cheaper options, things like bus passes, or maybe you can bike to work. You know, there's a lot of good options to look at that are good alternatives than just going and getting a car. And even if you do go get a car, make sure that you're pretty cautious about how you're doing it. You know, do you need that new 2021 Jeep Cherokee? Probably not. Um, but can you make it buy with something that's maybe a decade or two old? 
maybe so. If it's getting you from point A to point B and you can kick it, then, hey, make that work. I know that's one thing Dave Ramsey says all the time is, hey, don't buy a car you can't afford. Well, can't afford is if you're actually paying straight up cash with it. And while I can admit it feels really good to buy a car in cash and not have to worry about making a monthly payment, I drive junkers for that very reason because it gets me to and from where I need to go. It works out for me. Heating, air, radio, everything all works in it. It just isn't looking the prettiest because some hail damage and stuff. Then great. It works for me. But if you're somebody who wants to get a newer vehicle, maybe you want to go out and get a lease on a vehicle or maybe you want to go and actually buy a vehicle itself, just know that the moment you drive that vehicle off the lot, it's probably going to lose half its value. So there's nothing wrong with buying something that is used. But again, look at alternatives. You know, maybe your job is a few minutes down the road. So do you necessarily need a car to get you to and from? Maybe not. Maybe you just need a bike. Maybe you can freeload off some friends. Maybe you can carpool with others. Maybe you can go get a bus pass. But transportation is necessary. And if you need a car to get to work, because maybe your work is an hour away from you because of the job you do, then make sure you're counting for gas. Again, make sure you're counting for insurance for that vehicle. And then also make sure that you're accounting for any payments you're making towards it. And also I'd, I'd highly recommend you put some money back and count in like an emergency fund for repairs for your vehicle. In case your tires go out or they're balding, or if you have a alternator or your fifth serpentine belt go out in your stinking van, then make sure you have money set aside to take care of that. But that is the start of your budget. These are the things you really got to focus on. And this is what you got to hit hard. Because if you're sitting there and now you're like, oh shoot, I'm in the red. I don't have enough money coming in to account for my necessary bills, bills then you're going to have to figure out something else. You're may, you may have to pick up a second job. I did for a while. Whenever I was a banker at the bank, I was actually also a baker. I would get up at three or four o'clock in the morning. I'd go to the bakery. I'd go bake cupcakes and cakes and stuff. But yeah, anyway, that's what you got to work on is if you don't have enough money coming in, you've got to find a way to make sure you do have money coming in. And so maybe you have to find a new place to live. Maybe you have to sell that car that's making too much because maybe the job you're working is the best that you can do right now. You know, so be careful with that. And I think that's why a lot of people in this economy we're in left things like food service where they got furloughed and they got screwed over. So Make sure your income is working for you and make sure those four walls or corners are getting paid because that is the most essential piece to make sure that you are living financially peaceful and financially healthy to start with. We'll focus on the rest of it on the next section here though. Moving on now to not the four walls or the four corners principle, but now all the rest of your budget because you probably think okay my budget's a little bit lacking here like I don't I don't have all the stuff I'm paying for out of those four categories so now what am I supposed to do well again I'm just here emphasizing how important it is for you to get that income or that dollars in part set up and make sure that your four walls that whenever you're spending money with the four walls that you have enough money on your money coming in that you can pay for those things they're essentially what you need to survive. Um, everything else is extracurricular. Jeez, I cannot say that. Everything else is extra activity or extra purchase that you may not need. Now, I am a strong advocate, though, of mental health, and I am somebody who has struggled with it. 
there, there are things that you need to go through. And a lot of times you have to spend money on your coping mechanisms or at least, you know, money one time to get coping mechanisms. If music's a huge part that, that's how you kind of relieve some stress out of your life, or it helps you out with maybe your depression as far as just kind of unlocking some of those different endorphins in, in your mind. I'm not an exact scientist on it there, but I just know it makes happy chemicals in your brain. Um, if that's the case there and you love playing guitar, then go and pick up a guitar. Um, go get yourself an acoustic guitar and you might just have that acoustic guitar for several years. I still have my acoustic right now that I've had almost actually for over a decade since I was in middle school. Um, I've had it. And so it's a really good thing to look at, at, Hey, I make this purchase and maybe a big purchase right now, but I'm going to use this thing for years and years and years to come. So it may not be, um, as big as, it's not going to be a monthly thing that you have to worry about. Now, if you're somebody having to buy strings for your guitar because how much you're playing with them and then how much you're having to tune them or tighten them depending on like the humidity of your area, then you might have to buy more guitar strings, um, might have to pick, buy some more picks. Maybe you pay money to get an app that gives you free music that you can go through and learn the chords of songs that you enjoy getting to play. All of that goes into the extras side. And so... The, the, one thing that I see a lot of like budget worksheets and stuff do that are like made by different institutions or just made in general, they try to be a catch-all. And so they literally include just about everything you can possibly need on there and more. So a lot of those categories end up being zero, zero, zero for people. And this is where I'm going to have a mental exercise for you and whoever is doing the budget with you, uh, be it by yourself or somebody else. Um, you got to sit down and make a mental activity that once you get the four walls set up there, don't look at the past months at what you're spending for X, Y, Z thing. Instead, right then and there, you decide, okay, what do we need to spend money on to make ourselves happy, to make our lives more comfortable, to make it more enjoyable, make sure that our kids have the ability to do things. That's where you really need to focus on what is important. And that's where you got to prioritize it because rather than say, oh yeah, well, I pay this much in subscriptions through the month and I pay this much on memberships, which I know it's kind of confusing. Like they mean like gym memberships and subscriptions like Netflix, you know, but you're like, Oh, I pay this much on subscriptions. Oh, I pay this much on memberships. Oh, I pay this much on um, music. I pay this much on going to the movies. I pay this much, you know, they really, they really dive down onto it there. And you don't need to get caught up in that monogamous, like, or not monogamous, <laughs> uh, the monotony of, just that repetition of saying, oh, I have to dig into this little thing. I'm going to have to go to these categories and really kind of do some mental math here. Instead, you say, okay, we know how much we have left over at this point. After we paid for the things that we need to pay for, what now can we go through and spend money on? That's still going to be within our budget, but it's still going to bring us enjoyment. Now, why my wife and I do not necessarily do this in this specific way, but this is an example that you can use for yourself. And if I was a single dude, this is kind of how I'd be, be doing it. But I would make a category say, okay, well, this is how much I want to spend on my hobbies. So that's going to include everything from D&D, Warhammer, MTG, um, all of that. Um, how much do I want to spend per month on my hobby? Well, if I go to my local gaming store and I play like once or twice a month and maybe they charge five or $10 for you to sit down and play, um, in a tournament, which is how I, I do enjoy playing, you know, especially pre pandemic, that's something I really did enjoy doing. Um, and I've gotten 
more enjoyment out of doing being on MTGO and Arena now. Um, I enjoy the more competitive play. I enjoy enjoy that aspect of Magic a little bit more than just the casual commander. I still enjoy that, don't get me wrong, but maybe then that's a cost. You know, it might cost me 10 to $20 for me to go towards my Magic spending for the month. And so I say, okay, perfect. That's going to be within my budget. If I spend that 5 to 10 to $20 or whatever it's going to be, that's how, that's just going to go directly magic. I've already had that accounted for. Great. Um, or otherwise, like if I'm painting up, you know, Warhammer, you know, and I'm like, Hey, I want to go buy the new Cadian shock troops, which is like 45 bucks. Great. I go buy the $45. Maybe I pick up some paints or brushes or whatever else I need. And now I've spent about my $60. Um, and I've got everything I kind of need to get a little bit more enjoyment out of the month. I've got a box that I can work on assembling and painting and getting together for my army for the month. And by the time I get down the month, the next month rolls around, I might have something new I want to go pick up. Who knows? But that's essentially where I would say, hey, put that in this extra side. It's not a necessary thing, but you should still prioritize what things bring you joy, what things bring you happiness. Because oftentimes what I see, and this is where I see a lot of people that, again, in the past have said, oh yeah, I just opened up a savings account because I was told it was a good idea. When you don't prioritize what things are going to make you happy and put a limit, put a cap on it, what happens is, is people say, okay, well, I'm already putting all this money aside. I'm putting this percent into savings, which is, can be a good idea for some of you. Um, but when you do that, you're sitting here like, okay, well, I am going to put $200 this week into my savings account. Well, then you go to the point where you're like, oh, there's this new movie out that I want to go see. I don't have enough in my checking account to pay for it. Let's just move the money from my savings account over to my checking account so I can go on this movie with myself or maybe my family or my kids. You've got to take an account of what kind of costs are going to go towards your entertainment because if you don't, it's way too easy to take from your savings and bring it over to your checking account. It's way too easy to touch that. But maybe you have some willpower and you say, you know what, I'm going to wait till next month to go do this thing. If you say, oh, we're going to spend, you know, $20 and go into the movies or renting movies for the month or whatever, then great. That's, that's what you need to do. Subscription services. If you're somebody who uses Amazon or if you or Amazon Prime or Netflix or Hulu or ESPN Plus or Disney Plus or whatever suits your fancy there, include that into this section. But rather than say, hey, I'm going to go through, I'm going to account for every little tedious thing, which is where I see a lot of people give up on their budgets more often than not, even though a lot of those things might end up being zero, focus on the things you say, yes, we're using this. And if it didn't make it on that list and it does come up later down the road, maybe consider canceling it. If it didn't come up as a priority to you when you're doing this worksheet, when you're thinking about this and you find out that it's not something that you necessarily need to be paying for then maybe cut that thing out of your life. If you're somebody that has a Spotify subscription, but you never listen to music, or maybe you own all of your music, you know, MP3s, or maybe through like iTunes or whatever, then if that's even still a thing, I don't, I don't really know. I'm, I've been an Android guy for so long, I don't even really know. But um, if you still got Spotify and you got a subscription set up there, but you're listening to all the same music that you're normally listening to, or maybe you're listening to the radio, or maybe you got Pandora or something else where you're just, that's how you get your new music out. Do you really need to pay for that Spotify subscription? You might be able to just cut it out. Same thing with YouTube premium, you know, it's just, do you really need that? Um, do you just, are you that sick of ads that you got to get rid of it? Do they actually have content on there that you want to watch outside of, you know, what you're already seeing for free? Maybe not. 
So be careful as far as like how much you overspend. And this is where a lot of people usually get tripped up. But if you want to go and you want to buy something, you want to make this a part of your life and it is important to you, but it doesn't fall in that four walls or four corners category, that's where it's going to be here on the bottom of the sheet. Now, something that's become a little bit more of an essential, but I would still kind of put it in the necessary or, or the non, non-essential category is internet. Now, most people need internet to like stream their TVs. You know, um, you use the streaming services like Netflix and Hulu and all the rest of that. You know, a lot of people need it for their phone. A lot of people need it for work. And so if it's a necessary category, you know, you want to make sure this thing gets put on there. But I do have some people still that come and see me client-wise that have no internet whatsoever. And they do just fine. Um, they just use their data. Because maybe their phone plan that they've got, they can do a hotspot with unlimited data and has really good... Um, really good reception and so all right really good data strength then great you can kind of tether the phones together do whatever you need to on the hotspot now you've got access to that without having to pay a extremely pricey cable bill that's also included with the internet package so keep in mind that's what this is going to be used for those little categories one other thing that i'll say too is also look at the things that were kind of over what you needed so i mentioned clothing earlier as far as you not buying a 30th pair of Vans and calling it, I need this, you know, making sure you're focusing on your work clothes, making sure you're focusing on some of those casual clothes um, and make sure you're focusing on like your kind of lounging wear, your, your comfortable clothes that that brings you joy, that sparks your joy and does not spark joy, you know, get rid of those things. Um, definitely go that route if you want to, um, but make sure that like the overspending, the extra handbags, you're going out to shop every single weekend that's where this would fall into that other category. How much are you wanting to spend on clothes and know that you're going to put a fine number on it. You have a finite amount of cash that you're going to spend on it in the entirety of the month and you've got to stick to it. And that's where budgeting is one piece of it. The rest of the budgeting is you actually sticking to it because ultimately you're the one that's creating this. You're the one that's figuring out what is comfortable for you. And if you cannot stick to your own budget that you yourself created, might have some spending problems and you might want to try and find some help or find somebody who can help keep you accountable. Now I'll tell you this much, your bank is not going to do it. People's managers and their higher ups are telling them, do not make people unhappy about the bank. They should be leaving happy and joyful. So last thing that somebody at the bank is going to tell you is that, Hey, you're spending way too much on this. Hey, you probably should cut back on how much you're going to eat. Hey, you've told me this is the goal that you have to put money back in savings, but I can clearly tell you're not doing that. What's going on? Some people might say that and some clients of mine, that's how they like it and that's how they want to be, but don't expect that you're going to just walk into a bank and they're going to tell you that. Instead, you might want to find a friend or a family member, somebody that you can confide in and somebody that you can trust and say, listen, this is what I have going on right now and this is how I'm spending my money and this is how I'm living um, and I'm really trying to stick to this. Can you help me? So if you have somebody that's like, hey, I'm really, I, if you're like, I'm really trying to cut pop out of my diet, I think I can save a lot of money and also make myself a little bit physically healthy again, um, but not drinking so much pop, find somebody that can keep you accountable. Maybe find a coworker and say, hey, can you just make sure that if I'm looking to go get a pop or whatever, I tell you, hey, I'm going to do that. Just kind of put a little bird in my ear and say, hey, do you really want to do that right now? Because chances are you probably don't. When you harken back to that budget, when you harken back to those goals that you're setting, accountability is huge. 
Um, so you have to have the willpower to follow through with your budget. And that's where when you have the control of your budget, the only one you have to blame if it goes wrong is yourself. But that's the beautiful thing is the only thing you can change is yourself. If you notice that, you know, the money coming out that you're having to pay for things, if you're in the red where you don't have enough income coming in to cover all of your expenses and all the things that you enjoy, that's when it's time to go through and start trimming the fat a little bit and getting rid of some of those extra, extra little bits that you don't need. Cutting off dead branches from the tree to make sure that the rest of the tree stays healthy and doesn't get overwhelmed with the weight of every other branch. Now, that's, it's up to you to kind of figure that out, but maybe it's something where maybe you got to get rid of some costs. And if you can't get rid of costs, maybe it's time to go pick up another job. And I kind of alluded to it earlier. I did have two jobs at one point and I'm going to tell you, it, it was very fun. I had a fun job and I had a not so fun job. I had my, my money making job and then I had the money or I had the job that I was doing on the side that brought me a lot of joy. I, you know, I enjoyed baking. Baking was really fun and it was just something that I don't do very often. I got to learn the skill and I got to kind of hone my craft and I professionally cooked for people. So, or baked for people, but it was really cool to get to do that. And I got to have some money coming in. No, I did not like getting up at the butt crack of dawn, but it was pretty cool to go in at like three o'clock in the morning. There was nobody else on the road. I was the only one or that was really awake in the area. Um, and it was, it was cool to kind of get to do that. I was able to listen to podcasts or listen to music and stuff. And I just went to baking and went to town on it. And so you guys might really enjoy that too. You might come to find that you really enjoy enjoy having two jobs. Maybe even picking up two part-time jobs rather than one full-time job. For some of you, you might really enjoy that uh, because it allows you to be a little bit more flexible. And if you lose one, it's a lot easier for you to go find another part-time job rather than another full-time commitment. Um, and if you get to the point where you can work part-time and cover all your bills and expenses, then great. That's awesome. Keep doing that if you can. Um, and keep living it up there. I'll talk a little bit more about credit and how to build it in a sustainable way. And I'll also talk a little bit more about um, putting money back as well on the savings side. But your budget, this is really where you need to start off with. And this is where you really need to figure out, are, do you have enough to make ends meet? Because with that extra money you might have, that's where it's really going to benefit your savings side that we'll talk more in depth about here in the next episode. Or it'll help you with building and establishing credit in a good way that's manageable for you. It doesn't make it uncomfortable for you. And we'll talk about that in the episode after that. Um, but the biggest thing is get your budget figured out. Really get to work on that one. And uh, yeah, you're going to have to play around with it. I know a lot of people that they do a monthly budget. Every single month, that's what they do. I know some people that say, I'm going to do a budget this month. And because it worked out so well, they try it out the next month. And it's like, hey, the same budget worked again. Same budget worked again. Same budget worked again. Because once you get this part figured out, we're going to include saving into it too. But for your initial budget, just focus on money coming in or income. Focus on your four walls or four pillars. And then focus on the extras, the enjoyable parts. You know, what are the fun things you're spending money on? What are the things that bring enjoyment? And don't go into too nitty gritty on every single thing categorizing. Don't go through your bank statement and say, oh, well, we spent this much here. We spent this much here. We spent this much here. Instead, categorize it as what's important to me and what do I prioritize and what do I feel we should spend money on and add that into the budget. So until the next time, you guys be good to yourselves. Please let me know how the budget's working out for you. Um, you can reach me at jhamspecial at yeah, just jhamspecial at gmail.com 
or Jayham Special on Twitter. That's the official email and Twitter of the podcast. And until the next time, hopefully you guys can get a little bit more financially fit. If you really enjoy this, let me know. I'm going to have at least two more other episodes that go over the finance side around my principles. But thanks, guys, for listening to me, hearing me out, and you have a good rest of your day. Bye. Thank you.